So we are going to be talking about uh, the thing. We're going to be putting the spotlight where it should be instead mm -hmm. of on infantile uh, overreactions to perceived slights and melting the internet. That's not what today is about. Today no. is about actually recognising the performances and for uh, talking about the thing that the Oscars was meant to do this year, which was to recognise those achievements in various fields of endeavour of filmmaking. Paul, I think that's how the Oscars was meant to roll. Am I right? Yeah, I mean, look at that. That thing happened, and I, I actually think it's going to jumpstart people's interest in the Oscars uh, uh, moving forward. But I think that for people like me who have been a like a huge Oscar buff my whole life, uh, I'm going to be interested in the Oscars no matter what. And there were a lot of things in this uh, year's show, uh, other than the thing that we're not talking about, that. Uh, I think were really interesting. I think on the whole, it, it was not a bad show. I thought it was a pretty good show, especially after last year's absolute fiasco, which was such a disaster. I mean, just a disaster of television, a disaster of producing. It, it was everything went wrong last year and mm. right down to the finale, which was a absolute thud. And um, and and this was uh, I think this was a delightful show. It was all going was, so well, Paul, wasn't it? It was all going so well. It was. And you know what? I think after that thing, I think a lot of great things happened after it, too. So I, I, I it didn't ruin my night. Uh, and it was uh, it was a kind of I'll just say one thing right off the bat. One of my favorite things to happen. This is Paul Sullivan, by the way, if any of you don't know who I am. Yeah, you can um, tell you can tell there are no adults in charge today, by the way, folks. Hello, I'm Dean, your producer and co-host on Killer Casting. Joining me today is uh as Lisa described us, we are the uh the idiot savant team of the Oscars. And mm -hmm. uh joining me is the savant part of that uh of, of that partnership, uh Paul Francis Sullivan. Paul, welcome to Killer Casting in this belated opening, as you can no, tell I'm not used to this. That's fine. That's fine. But that's where I, you um, are, folks. The, the, you've stumbled onto this podcast called Killer Casting. Dean Laffin here and Paul Francis Sullivan over there. Please continue, Paul. Uh, one of the things that I actually enjoyed, one of my favorite things that can happen in an Oscar night like, like this is when you have, you have a bunch of films. So this was an interesting year. Uh, once again, the Oscars and the Emmys are blurring because Hey, where where do I watch that uh, Oscar nominated film? Oh, it's on Netflix. It's on. Apple. Where do I watch that Emmy nominated mm. Emmy nominated show? Oh, that's on Netflix. And there was a there's there was a the the Oscars were for films that you see in the theater, and the Emmys were for shows you sit and watch on your television. And that's why you know, and and now they're both viewed on your phones. They're all it's all just stuff to watch on your phones. <laughs> And it should be, here's the award for two to three hour projects. And here's the award for series. Mm, yeah. Uh, that's basically, imagine if they had a, they, there was a category for TV movies. Well, why don't you just throw your hat into the ring for the Oscars for that matter? Yeah. You know, rent one theater in LA for a day. Get There you go. So we could continue that sham. 
Yeah. And so the, the, you know, when, when you see, and I made this point the last time I was on killer casting, I think a lot of people who used to go to film school and want to be the next Scorsese or Spielberg or Joel and Ethan Cohen or whomever now want to be the next Vince Gilligan. They want to be the next, you know, uh, showrunner. Yeah, and, showrunner. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. There, that, that was know, never it, in the in the original film playbook, was it? Well, it was. Yeah, where, I know. It might, might, what's your what's yeah, your screenplay you're writing as opposed to what's your pilot? Anyway, I didn't yeah. mean to stop in your dean. Oh no, 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 no. This is going to be we're going to be all over the shop on this, folks, because Paul and I have come into this with exactly about a minute and thirty two seconds of prep. He's yeah. just he's just gotten back to. Uh, Back to in front of the mic in LA. I've just gotten back to the mic here in Melbourne from running around, and we're like, "Oh, we need to do a hot take on the Oscars." So as you can tell, this is the hot take. There's there's no uh, there's no fluffing over this. But yeah, no, you're right, Paul. It's it's certainly blurring. And I mean, you know, I'm expecting next year there's going to be a category. It's like uh, best film uh, shot for iPad. Yeah, uh, best <laughs> selfie. Best. Um, not not shot on an iPad, shot to watch on an iPad or on the true. phone or, well, you best, know, oh, but that I, too. One thing, well, I was going to say one thing when you have a night like la- the uh, the other night is you had a uh, several films as best picture and a bunch of those directors walked away with an Oscar last night. The director of Drive by Car, Yamamoto won in best foreign language film. Obviously, the director of Coda won in best uh, screenplay adaptation. Kenneth Branagh got his long overdue Academy Award. He's been nominated in seven different categories in his yeah. life. I think that's called the Eastwood now, isn't it? When you, when you get the one that's like, it's about eight movies overdue. But yeah, and, but he finally won. I mean, I've been wanting him to win an Oscar since Henry V in 1989. Mm. Which is a, and, and I happen to have loved that. Belfast was my favorite film of the year. It of was, the yes, as you yeah. said in, in the previous episode. I had not seen Coda when right. we recorded last. I saw it afterwards. I loved it. I absolutely it's probably, yeah. probably my second favorite. And yeah. I was I was thrilled when they won. But also, you know, Power of the Dog won uh, the director, uh, and you know, so you see like several. Yeah, of yeah, the, yeah, you're right. It, it, a, it was kind of shared around, nonetheless. Wasn't yeah, it? and some of the other like it's the it's some of the other like Adam McKay who directed Don't Look Up has already won an Oscar. Um, Guillermo D'Artoa, who won, who directed Nightmare Alley, has already won an Oscar. Spielberg's obviously won several Oscars, and Paul Thomas Anderson just walked around going, "I'm never going to win an Oscar, am I? It's just not going to happen. I am never going to win an Academy Award." Um, and I, I'm not a huge Paul Thomas Tom, Paul Thomas Anderson fan. I've I admire the hell out of him. Because if you were, you would have just let PTA roll off your tongue. Exactly. That's, that's, how, that's how the fans roll. That's the. PTA. I, 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 I admire him, but I, I don't. There have been several of his films where I, I have felt myself dying while I watched them. But I happen to, I happen to, and we talked about this in the last episode. I really, really like Licorice Pizza. I yes, really thought, yes, it was you a, did. I thought and it was I haven't a, seen it yet, but yes. It's more, and it, I was never the biggest Boogie Nights fan in the world, but I admired the heck out of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, in, in my, uh, 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 I, this is my favorite film I've ever seen of his. So, right. Um, okay. Well, there's that. Now you mentioned um, you mentioned Spielberg there, and and mm-hmm. folks, we are just going to pop everywhere. It's just like if we see a dot, we're going to join it. Then we're going to come yep. back to the main trunk and continue. But um, one of the things that I that that was interesting for me, this was the first Oscars in I don't know how long that I was able to sit down and watch from start to finish 
the entire broadcast because in Australia it comes on at 11 a.m. and runs till 1 p.m. on right. a Monday. And so we don't often, you know, have, have a chance to do that. A lot of people in Australia actually avoid social media like the plague and mm-hmm. then just wait until they get home to watch the replay at 8.30 or they're watching it on whatever they've recorded it on and, you know, don't talk to me, don't tell me anything, that sort of thing. But this time I was watching um, intently, um, which is why I'll be talking about a couple of things in, shortly. But one of them was when, you know, they gave that this year, the theme was celebrating various anniversaries, right. Of, of various movies. And they were hauling yeah. out, you know, the 60th anniversary of this. And they, you know, they, they did the Godfather and they did, um, um, you know, like the drag out Liza for, you know, for cabaret and all those other things. Yeah. But when they call, when, if you look at, go back and look at the footage folks, or look at it on YouTube. When, uh, when they mentioned the Godfather, and out came Francis, and Francis is flanked by Bobby De Niro and by Al Pacino, and the camera cuts to a reverse of the entire theatre on their feet in a standing ovation, and then the camera cuts to a tight shot of Steven Spielberg, whose ass is firmly rooted in the chair. He is not getting up. I don't know what that's about. I don't know if there's history or he's like, Hey, I'm Steven Spielberg. I'm not getting up for you guys. I don't know what it is, but he was the only human I could see who wasn't standing at that time. And look on his face. He was just like, no, I don't give a shit. I don't need to stand up. I'm not standing up. That's odd because I know he is at least publicly friends with Francis Coppola. Right. Uh, and, and he's spoken very openly about how his love for the Godfather. I don't know. Maybe because he's sitting right in front. He didn't notice everyone was standing. Yeah, maybe it yeah, could have been something as simple as that. Yeah. I don't know. Um, interesting factor. I may have to. I may have to cross-reference this, mm. but I believe this is true. Uh, Ariana uh, Debose, who won, who was brilliant as Anita, and had the biggest, as I said, the biggest challenge that she had to play this iconic part and have mm. a scene with a person who made it <laughs> iconic. Yes. Yes. You know, it's like I'm going to do a scene of Streetcar Named Desire and Brando is playing the milkman, you know, uh, (laughs) and that she pulled it off uh, brilliantly. And she, you know, just no, no offense to the other four fine actresses. And they were all gave. I didn't see The Lost Daughter, but I saw Belfast, King Richard and Power of the Dog. They're all wonderful. But uh, she deserved that Academy Award. And with that, I believe she is the third actor that steven spielberg has directed to an oscar daniel day lewis daniel day lewis was the Uh first for lincoln right mark rylance was the second for bridge of spies and then comes ariana debose so all those years that spielberg was making these classic films jaws close encounters et raiders of the lost ark color purple you know, all these films you know schindler's list saving private Mm. ryan yeah yeah none of those actors won until Lincoln and then Bridges Spies and now West Side Story. And, and you know, some of the, like, like none of the leads in Jaws were nominated. Harrison Ford wasn't, Harrison Ford wasn't nominated for um, Raiders. Richard Dreyfus won the year Close Encounters came out, but he won for the Goodbye Girl, not was, for Close Encounters. Yeah, yeah, with Marsha Mason. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, you know, yeah. Whoopi Goldberg didn't win for Color Purple. She won for mm. Ghost. You know, Oprah didn't win, you know, um, and there's, uh, you know, Liam Neeson, Ben Kingsley, Tom Hanks, all these people who he who did get Oscar nominations, uh, Anthony Hopkins and Amistad. Um, you know, there's I'm doing yes, I'm doing this from memory, but this is like these are all the great That's actors the that he has yes. exactly. Mm-hmm. But uh yeah, Ariana DeBose, 
if you're going to say who the third person Spielberg directed to an Oscar just a couple of years ago, she would have been really, really low on the likely chart to be oh, yeah. on that list. Yes. Yeah. Um, no, that was, yeah, that was fantastic. Actually talking about factoids, I, I, I don't know if I mentioned this in the very first time we ever spoke about the Oscars, but Paul, do as a little factoid for the audience, do you happen to know? So the first Oscars was held in 1929. Yes. Do you happen to know what the runtime of that was? Oh, I'm guessing it was about 40 minutes because they 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 didn't there was no suspense. They announced who the winners were. They just handed out yeah. the trophies. The winners were announced three months beforehand. And that entire ceremony, top to bottom, finished and done in 15 minutes. Or roughly half the length of Kevin Costner's introduction to the best director montage. Well, I'll have to take your word for that because in Australia, what happened with with that thing was that we got all of that completely unbleeped. No, there was no delay, no nothing. We got it all raw. That was raw footage, right? And that happened. And then all of a sudden they said, ladies and gentlemen, would you please welcome award-winning Academy Award winner, Kevin Costner. Kevin comes out, he opens his mouth and he's about to speak his first words into the mic and we went black. So we went to black and we're black for about 15, 20 seconds. We come out of black to a bunch of the same TVCs that we just watched the last ad break. And then we come back to the very end of his speech and I'm just sitting here laughing, going, we now got a really good two minute buffer. Yeah. <laughs> in the on the dump button ready for that somebody because we weren't on delay so it was like okay that's interesting so so I, I have no idea what he said but it was so you uh, i'm gathering it was a little wordy was it it was a tad wordy it was a tad um um but uh hey i want to just bring up a couple of there's in the as the oscars go on sometimes um cool things happen and it's one of the reasons why i like having all the categories there is you learn some things and if there's ever a category that gets maligned and gets laughed at and gets like, uh, as if anyone who bothers to watch blank, it's live action, short film. That's always, well, no one cares about that. No one knows seeing them. Who cares? The long goodbye, not the uh, Dashiell Hammett uh, <laughs> yeah. book that yeah, was adapted noir. several with uh, the Philip uh, Marlowe mystery, but a different film won the best live action short. And the reason why I'm bringing that up is the uh, very fine actor uh, Riz Ahmed was the producer of that. And he was previously an Oscar nominee for best actor of a film that came out a couple of years ago called yes. Sound of Metal, yes, Sound which of Metal. is a mm. wonderful movie. Absolutely wonderful movie that came out, was in last year's Academy Awards, was, um, it, it may have been my favorite film of last year, uh, and he was nominated for Best Actor for that movie. And he produced uh, this short film called The Long Goodbye. And so now he is Academy Award winner, Reyes Ahmed. And I think that that's, that's, I love when stuff like that happens. Um, the actress, Christine Lottie, who received an Oscar nomination for the film, uh, uh, I think it was uh, Swing Time, was it Swing, or Swing Shift uh, yeah. uh, with, yep. with Goldie Hawn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, she won an Oscar for a short film and, uh, uh, this, this comedian, Stephen Wright yeah. won an Academy Award for the films, the appointment of Dennis Jennings and Jeff Goldblum's I'd, I'd forgotten that about Stephen yeah, Wright. Stephen yeah. Wright's an Academy Award winner, not yeah. Paul Thomas Anderson isn't, but Stephen <sighs> Wright is. And, uh, Jeff Goldblum's lone Academy Award nomination is in the best live action short 
category. He's never been nominated as an actor. How, I mean, The Fly, or what are we even talking about here? <laughs> but, um, you know, before he became Jeff Goldblum, the character, he yes, was yes, yes. a truly yeah, playing remarkable himself. actor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I just love when little things like that happen. You know, Questlove winning. I mean, that's the thing when, when that thing happened, the fact that it was to introduce the Summer of Soul, Questlove gets to become an Academy Award winner. And I think that's really... You know, I think that was really cool. I think was, and so I love when little things like that happen and 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 become part of the uh, uh, become part of our of you know the winners of the yeah. Oscars. Yeah, yeah, totally. And now it's amazing that you brought up Riz Ahmed because I am going to go on record. I, I think, I, well, I have done this already. I can't remember which social it was, but I am prepared to stand behind the fact that Riz Ahmed made one of the greatest Oscar speeches of all time, not only mm-hmm. for the fact that it was 25 seconds long, yeah, which, which is fantastic, but it was the most heartfelt, most beautiful acceptance speech that I've ever heard. And I don't mind telling you, Paul, I, I, when, when I watched it live, he finished and I was welling up. Like it was, it was that beautiful. And I'm going to play it for you right now. Goes a little something like this. And the Oscar goes to the long goodbye. Um, you know, in such divided times, we believe that the role of story is to remind us that there is no us and them, there's just us. And this. This is for everyone who feels like they don't belong, anyone who feels like they're stuck in a no man's land. You're not alone. We'll meet you there. That's where the future is. Peace. You're not alone. We'll meet you there. It's where the future is. Fucking beautiful. That is just beautiful. Like in in a few words, he says, it's okay. You're okay. You're ahead of us. We're coming. Sorry, we're a little bit late but we're going to be there. And he didn't say it as, he didn't say it as uh, we're coming or anything like that. It was a statement of intent. Mm-hmm. Okay. You're not alone. We're coming. It's called the future. Wow. 25 seconds of brilliance. Well yeah. done. Riz, Riz Do you know what that is? Do you know what that is? That's being prepared. Probably. Being prepared. Yeah. yeah the, probably the, what, what, you, here, here's the thing. And by the way, this is something, this has been a pet peeve of mine since I started watching the Oscars in 1983. These people come up there and say, I, I didn't expect to win. I, I don't have a speech prepared. Bullshit. Yeah. I have a speech prepared. Yeah. And I'm not even nominated. <laughs> You've all you're trying to tell me you're one you of were, five. You got a 20% chance. Come yeah, on. you got a 20% chance. And it's like you got nominated. You didn't spend one second thinking, hmm, what if I won? What should I say? Mm. Really? When yeah. you're having breakfast, you finish playing Wordle, you're going out for a walk, <laughs> yeah, yeah. you finish listening to Killer Casting, not for <laughs> one second did you say, what if I won? Mm. I'm yeah. nominated. What if I won? I don't know. That's right. It's like, so you know, going, have if, you not seen previous Academy Awards where yeah. you go, I'm sorry, what, who did they just say? Yeah. So what was that? There, prep, prep, and time it out. So 
So where I live, one minute it's raining and the next minute it's 80 degrees and the trees and plants in my yard start going crazy, which makes my nose, throat, and eyes go crazy with all the pollen. But luckily for me, I have gotten relief from the good folks at Plantiva and their natural proprietary formulation of herbal extracts called Allerdx. I mean, I was sneezing and sniffling about to go into a Zoom meeting but I took an Allerdx and in 10 minutes, I had immediate relief. I mean, it was really something. So Plantiva is a family-run business and I have had the pleasure of meeting the Morrisseys, Dr. Steven and his wife, Jenny. And let me tell you, they are the real deal. I am really enjoying the products that they've had me sample. So you can try them yourself. Go to plantiva.com slash killercasting for your exclusive discount code. I just bring one other thing I'd like is first of all, I'm a big you know, I'm a big in memoriam mm, uh guy. Yes. I do an in memoriam, in fact, I'm in the middle of producing one now, which I do at the beginning of each baseball season for huh. those we've lost since the previous mm. year. Um, last year there were nine baseball hall of famers who died, wow, in, including Henry Aaron, who's one of the most mm. famous and celebrated uh figures in American culture, quite frankly. And mm. this year there are no Hall of Famers. I'm not saying that's a bad thing. I'm just saying I need a big finale to it. Um, but uh, but I the last few in memoriams were real, really, really, really terribly produced. Uh, they were either they were too fast, or they were trying to shove multiple faces on the screen. Terry Jones and Monty Python had to share yeah. a screen. Yeah, yeah. It was like they were done in PowerPoint when they're bad. It's like someone's just thrown them together in PowerPoint. Let's just cut and paste a whole lot of pictures from, you know, from Google and just run with it. I thought the 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 gospel choir and the dancing was a little weird, but not bad. It was because it became about a celebration rather than let's mm. bring let's let's bring the sad. Yeah, let's bring the pops. And, mm. and you also had some people coming up and saying specific things like when Bill Murray said a few things about uh, Ivan Reitman or Jamie Lee Curtis brought up the dog. Yes, I like and, that. And, and, yeah. and talk about Betty White, or yep. uh, I think it was um, what uh, uh, Tyler Perry said a few things about City Poitier. So it kind of broke it up to sort of say, yeah, there's a, there are a couple of big names and let's take a moment yeah. to do that. But they also did the thing I love, which is if it said, I'm just going to pull a really obvious one here. If it said like there are some years it would say show a face and say director, yep, of what, yeah, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and so like this they showed a picture of Richard Donner, which I know Richard Donner is you know Richard yes, Donner is but yes. maybe someone doesn't know Richard Donner is yeah and there's a picture of Richard Donner and there's yeah. Christopher Reeve swooping up and catching the, the helicopter exactly right I did notice so that. it's like oh yeah it's so oh like, that guy by the way the year that Robin Williams was in the in memoriam. He was stuck in the middle. They just showed his face, Robin Williams. Da, 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 da. Like he was someone's publicist. Jesus. This was a guy who was one of the single biggest movie stars for over a decade, one of the most beloved comedy figures in the history of comedy. And they treated him like he was, you know, publicist. No, no, yeah. no offense to publicists. Okay. <laughs> yes, we don't want to get the powerful publicist okay. lobby, lobby offline, uh, off, offside. But, uh, but, but yeah, but, hashtag just saying. But this was this yeah. was a I, I I really this was the best in memoriam that they've made in years. So and and by the way, people, Robin, perhaps more beloved uh, 
Okay. Is that a publicist? Uh, I don't know. Maybe he was a publicist. I don't on the side. No, but I was going to say that, um, you know, he was, you, you could only marvel at his comedic genius, right? And, mm-hmm. and, and comedians just go, I don't know how the fuck he does that. But yeah. I think where he was even beloved more was for his serious roles, right? And, yeah. you know, in that classic, in that classic, you know, comedian crossing over to serious roles kind of thing. I mean, ugh. Okay, not that he wrote the book on it, but boy, you know, did he did he codify how 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 that's to be done, you know, and not just once, you know, you know, it wasn't just, you know, yes, goodwill hunting, but you know, he'd already done it and he's and he'd done it a few times and really nailed those serious roles. So yeah. I, I know we're getting a little off piste right here, but I do want to give a a tip of the hat to someone who is someone I've really admired over the years as someone who went from a brilliant comedy career to drama, which is the, the director, Barry Levinson, oh. who was, who was a gag writer for Mel Brooks and wrote for Carol Burnett and then oh, wound up okay. becoming an Academy award-winning director of films like Rain Man. Oh, Diner. He, Diner, The Natural, Tin yeah. Man, Avalon, which I think is a genius film. Um, I give Barry Levinson the credit for the person who solved Robin Williams in movies mm. because they kept putting Robin Williams in movies and it didn't work. Yeah. And, or like, like, like World According to Garp or Moscow and Hudson got good reviews, but they did, they, yeah. they didn't feel like Robin Williams. No, Everyone no, even, knew even Fisher King. Well, Fisher King was a little later, but I'm saying that he, you, everyone knew you had this tornado of mm. comedy, but they couldn't figure out what to do with them in a movie. Mm. And they yeah. kept putting them in films that bombed. And it was, it was a uh, uh, Barry Levinson who had the the foresight to put him in Good Morning Vietnam, right. which was a well written oh, yeah, movie, and that was the film that and it became a massive blockbuster because finally someone figured out what to do with him. Yeah, it was his oh, first okay. Oscar nomination, and said, "Okay, we got to give him his space to do his to be this comedic tornado." but put them in a place where that helps the movie yeah. instead of There's something some that we're constantly trying it. to pull, you know, that we're trying to fight. And I think from that moment, you saw he went on this incredible streak yeah. of successful movies and films where he was able to, you know, hop in between something very funny and then hop into a film like Awakenings or yes. a film like the, the Fisher King or a film where he is, you know, or Dead Poets Society, yeah, where he is able mm. to jump in and be dramatic and then jump back out and, and eventually landed into Goodwill Hunting, which was, yeah. of course, Boom, he won yeah. the Oscar for. Well, I mean, you know, when you look at, uh, you know, you go back and look at Good Morning Vietnam, that looks like it was written for him. It fits him yes. that well, doesn't it? It's like, yeah. okay, we need a vehicle for him. What are we going to do? Okay, let him, you know, free ball on, you know, Cronauer and the radio thing. And so, you know, to understand that, well, he was cast in that and that that was no guarantee that it was his film, but boy, was it his film by the time he was done with it. Yeah. Good observation. Hey, let's go. I'm going to go back to the Oscars here for a second, because another <laughs> thing that can be magical at the Oscars, I think, is when you have, obviously, when you have people come out and that are, you you associate with each other, like when they brought out, as he said, Pacino, De Niro and Coppola came out. I liked the the when they had the reunions for both Juno and Pulp Fiction. I thought it was funny that the 28th anniversary of Pulp Fiction, because we all know how special yeah, the 28th right. is. What do you give right. someone on their 28th? What is that? Well, oh. it's okay. It's uh all right, it's technically exactly four weeks in the lunar calendar. However, oh, however, <laughs> but sometimes you get a strange combination of people. Now, at the end, you had the wonderful combination of Lady Gaga 
and yeah. Liza Minnelli, which I thought was great. I'm oh, all in on beautiful. Lady Gaga. It was yeah. great. Yeah. And I thought that, yeah, yeah, Liza's old. Do you know what? It, you know, Cabaret was 50 years ago, and she wasn't one when Cabaret was made. <laughs> That's right. You know, she's she's lived a lot. <laughs> yes. You know, she's lived a bunch. So I, I, you know, people were, what's wrong with Liza? It's, it's age. It's a, yeah. And, and I thought that was great that they, they didn't resile from, uh, it was brave all round. So it was was very brave of her to, uh, you know, to be seen by a billion people and, you know, obviously getting old and and she's starting to fade, but that's going to, you know, guess what? Uh, That's the price of the entry onto the planet. People, we all have to pay the same price. I have gray hair. (laughs) It's not quite where Liza is. You're not quite there yet, but, but we're all going to get there, Paul, you know, it's the price. Of uh, the planet, you gotta you gotta go at some point, and, and it might be easy, it might be hard. But um, but I thought that that you know, obviously they're they're close, and I never knew. But just the you know the love and the care between them, which was quite obvious, including that little hot mic moment, you know that that everyone's talking about. Yeah, and I just think fun. it's great. It's like yes, actors get old, and 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 they decline, and you know just this, just this. Well, certainly to me, it was news that uh, Bruce Willis with his aphasia and the fact that he's got to step back i mean he's 70 or something or close to yeah. it it's like guess what you know he's he's not going to be john, not going to be john mcclain yippee-ki-yay motherfucker forever i mean yes it is it, it is forever because it's captured on on digital and on film but we all move on and so uh, i thought that was great i thought it was really um brave is maybe too strong a word but i'm just glad that they decided not to sugarcoat it and yeah let's just let's just have her out the way that she is Let, let's go you know fantastic by the way my favorite strange combination was when uh yo jung yoon was giving out the oscar for best supporting actor and she's so wonderful in, in uh, minari which came out last year she won best supporting actress for that and right rightfully so she stole the movie she's hilarious and she gave this wonderfully kind of uh, witty uh, acceptance speech last year, and she was funny and charming again this year. And then signed the Oscar with the sign language to Troy Kotsur um, when he won. And then when they were both on the stage, there was kind of a wonderfully kind of endearing kind of interplay that they had. And I kept thinking to myself, Troy Academy Award winner Troy Kotsur. Academy Award winner Yo Jung Yoon. I want to see that road movie. I want to see. Th- <laughs> yeah. I'm actually not kidding because yeah, they're both very. They're they're both funny. <laughs> yes. They're Oscar winning actors. Mm. They're both funny and witty, and they in that little moment, there's like a little bit of kind of funny connection that they had there. That's like I would watch these two have one of those movies like Rain Man, where they, they, where they, they go from movie. Cincinnati yeah. to Los yeah. Angeles. It, you yes. know, I would see that. They stop yeah. off in Vegas. They stop off at the Grand Canyon. They're, they're, there's All something. Right. All that- right, Ness. You, you, Paul, Paul, you got to stop talking because we're going to pitch this. All right, we're going to okay, talk to okay. Lise. We're going to talk to Lise. We're going to get the right people. We're going to pitch this, okay? There you go. Well, oh, we already oh, cast the first oh, two roles. Oh, Okay. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, we're doing her out of a job, but that's okay. She's busy. Uh, she'll she'll yeah. cast the rest. She'll cast the rest. Yeah, yeah. That's it. It's it. Uh, all right. Well, personally, I was very pleased to see that uh, once again, repeating Blade Runner twenty forty nine. Poor old uh, Denis Villeneuve is the legend of. Um, if if you want an Academy Award for cinematography, just get yourself hooked up to a Denis Villeneuve film. And so. Yep. Uh, so our, our our local Aussie boy got got that um, for his work on Dune in the same way 
uh, for Blade Runner 2049. Um, as uh, was that last year? No, year, year before. Uh, two couple two years before. Yeah. Two years before yeah, that. Two years before that, that came out in 2017. So. Yeah, for for Roger Deakins. So um, right. so yeah, and 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 got itself. It I think it won every. I think it won every category. No, it, it the only category it missed it won six, and it only won. It lost out for costume to uh, uh, Cruella, uh, yep. and perhaps rightfully so. I don't pay a lot of attention to that, but it yep. basically swept all the technical awards, sound, um, uh, score for Zimmer, um, and uh, yeah, VFX and, and 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 everything. So that was good to see, at least Denny's. But I mean, how you can win six Academy Awards for such a technical film? Well, it obviously directed itself. As well, to yeah, he was famous he line had, from you know, Driving Miss Daisy by whoever that was that said that about uh, 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 Billy yeah. Crystal said that. Yeah, um, it was Billy Crystal. Yeah, yeah. Uh, here's my here's the thing I'll say about uh, Dune, um, or as uh, my boys and I call it, Dunk, because the <laughs> the E is the same shape as a C, but it has the sun going through the middle of it to make it an E, but it just right. looks like Dunk. Um, uh-huh. But that's neither here nor there. Um, uh, I think. Just, just he, sorry. I, this is just, this is a story that's only going to make sense right now. So I have to I have to butt in, which right. is to say that there's a there's a there's a guy in Melbourne here who's on local radio and was talking about going to see a Clint Eastwood movie when they were teenagers. So we're talking back in the you know seventies eighties. Would have been some I don't know what I don't know what film it was. Would have been in the seventies. They may be fifteen. They get into the cinema. They got the last few tickets and they're it, I think it was a western. It would have been a spaghetti probably. And what year? The, the, uh, it's like mid seventies, right? So it's it something. Have been it, like, some, it may have been like the outlaw Josie Wales, or probably uh, something high, like or that. High yeah, high plains drifter or something like that. You, you got it. Something in that era, and describes the effect of being 14, 15 year old boys sitting in the front row, far left seats, and in cinemascope when the words Clint Eastwood. A panoramaed from one side of the screen to the other at that angled perspective. This the 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 word Clint does not appear as the word Clint. <laughs> this, because the L and the I join up, and for 1450 said we it took we nearly wet our pants uh, just from just from that perspective in, in in the text. So I had to tell that right now, or it doesn't make any sense whatsoever. Whatever did it look like? Um, mm, oh, well, I don't know. I'll put it in the show notes. Well, let me uh, let me bring up uh, some hope for Mr. Villeneuve uh, for an Oscar later. Um, and by the way, uh, when Star Wars was a Best Picture nominee, it won music, visual effects, sound, costume design, production design, uh, and I think two or three other uh, editing. And there was one other category. Did not. It wasn't nominated for cinematography, but every one it won virtually every technical category. And Annie Hall won picture and director. Um, you would think that Lucas would have won something for his troubles. Yeah. Yes. Um, his wife won for editing. Uh, but remember, this official title for Dune is Dune Part One. Yes. And maybe they're going to pull a Peter Jackson mm. when Peter Jackson when Lord of the Rings won many, many Oscars for the Fellowship of the Ring and the Two Towers. And then when the, the the film concluded with Return of the King, it went 11 for 11. Yeah. And Mr. Jackson 
walked home with three and his wife walked home with three. There was his and her Oscars, a, a, a set of three for each. That's a groaning. That's a groaning side table. But um, so uh, take a look out for when the, the conclusion of Dune happens. Yeah. Well, uh, it's, already, it's, be- it's, yeah, it's already in pre-production and obviously with the success of this, it's going forward. Whereas 2049 suffered the same lackluster uh, box office as the original Blade Runner yeah. did, and yeah. so it's it's similarly cursed, and I, and I think it'll be similarly lauded in time when people look back on it and unpick what a what a brilliant script it was. I just thought it trod the line so well between tying the you know the the little lines out from the original story into this new story. And I mean, I, I, I could go on for hours and hours. I think it's a triumph, and I think it did a great job of doing all that. But it just didn't get the recognition and the love it deserved. But that's that's it. Seems to be how Blade Runner rolls. So so be uh, it. I'm going to get back to the Oscars. I thought Regina Hall, Amy Schumer, one of Sykes did a very good job. Yes, uh, they did. It, it's it's funny the way that history will be written, and it's written by the lazy. Uh, everyone will remember that the host of this year's Oscar was. Chris Rock. Uh, <laughs> that's the way it's going to be written. But yeah, uh, no, yeah, he was quite, a presenter. Uh, and I thought they all did very, you know, some people felt that Regina Hall's uh, fondling of the men uh, was problematic. I thought it was funny. Um, yeah, didn't bother. Yeah, pl- please, let's move on. Wanda Sykes could say anything and make me laugh. She's just so, she's breathtakingly funny. Amy Schumer. I thought killed it. I thought yeah. absolutely killed it. Yeah, some of the I best lines. Couldn't, yep. Couldn't agree more. Couldn't agree more. Um, her line about King Richard being uh, mm-hmm. uh, with women, wanted to have their stories told. Finally, we're getting the story of Venus and Serena Williams's <laughs> father. And uh, <laughs> and talking about, you know, don't look up saying, uh, and clearly the Academy don't look up reviews. Uh, yeah. <laughs> And, and who it's uh, one of them said, uh, uh, oh, it was oh, Wanda Sykes had the line about the power of the dog. I've watched that movie three times and I'm halfway through. Um, <laughs> it's like it's, it's similar to being like, a, uh, okay, well, um, here we are. We're in April, we're in the third year of 2020, and it's uh, <laughs> it's starting to drag, it's starting to drag a little, but you know, I'm, I'm keeping my chin up. Oh, dear. But, uh, um, and, and by yeah. the way, I know we're not supposed to mention that event, but Amy Schumer had the single best ad-lib line when she came back and she said, yep. it's taken me a while to get out of my Spider-Man costume. Yep. Did, did, did I did I miss something? <laughs> or did I miss right. anything? Did I miss, did I miss did anything? I miss now, on that, I want to say, now, dangling her in a spider, Spider-Man costume on wires when you propose that, when you have that idea, you like surely 99 times out of 100, that is just going to be fucking naff, right? It's going yeah. to be, it's just going to be lame, right? Yeah. But it wasn't. It, no, it was, she pulled it, it off. It works. Yes. Yeah. I she like the way that every off. once in a while there'd be a little, a little gap in the things and she would just choose that. Was she spraying a, a web around and, you know, yeah. kind of awkwardly twisting one way and the other. And it did nothing but make me smile. I didn't sort of wrinkle my brow and go, Oh, that doesn't really work. No, it, it just did. It was funny. There, there's few things more grown worthy than a very complicated visual gag that bombs. Yeah. Yes. And, uh, but that was, uh, I, I I thought the three hosts, you know, the host being the host of the Oscars is one of the most thankless jobs in the world because you're you're playing to a uh, 
you're playing to a house that's really doesn't really want to laugh. They're all nervous. Mm. They they don't want to be caught laughing at the wrong thing. And, um, and you know, there, there have been very good hosts and there have been extraordinarily funny people who didn't go over that well. Mm. My comedy hero was David Letterman. And right. he famously mm. bombed during the Oscars. I happen to think he was hilarious, but I was a huge fan of David Letterman, and he was essentially doing David Letterman's show yeah. Um, yeah. instead of the Oscars. <laughs> I thought the three hosts did a terrific job. And and do uh, going to the Oscars pass, I always thought Hugh Jackman did a great job the year that he hosted. I thought he did a, a really – he was funny. I think for a lot of people who only really knew him from Wolverine, yes. uh, got to see him as this – you know, handsome. He, he's he's a little bit attractive, and but affable and dancing and singing. Would you believe my my wife doesn't think so? She doesn't get it. My wife. But then, but then she, but then she's married me. So clearly, her tastes are very, very skewed, and okay. she's in the she's in the vast minority. But uh, but yeah, no, and and uh, yeah, you're right. For people who knew him as Wolverine, might not have even known that he came from you know from a song and dance background. You know, the classic yeah. Triple Threat, all that sort of stuff. And that's how he got his start. Was you know, he, he first got famous even in Australia on the stage show, um, you know, for uh, uh, playing the, the Boy From Oz. Um, yeah. That was where he, before he even took it overseas. Um, so, yeah, that was uh, that was interesting. Um, one of the, again, because I was just watching so intently and just noticing things. So, for instance, when that thing happened and everyone was talking about the reaction, for whatever reason, I just zeroed in straight away not on his face but on her face in the background so as i explained in the last pod the camera shot was sort of slightly to the right of uh, of him and when um when chris dropped the line he instantly laughed and was laughing but her face went from blank to absolute lady macbeth poison in about over about a second and then the camera cut away and i i remember i sucked in breath i was like Ooh, she's not happy. And then 10 seconds later was when it happened. But another interesting one, and you can look this up on YouTube. In fact, folks, I will make it easy for you. I'll put the link in the show notes. Let me make a note about that. Um, was when, I don't know, if, did you see the, the whole thing, Paul? Did you, you have to watch it from that away? Yeah, okay, great. So for in the nomination for Best Song, right? So Diane Warren, who was nominated, for I think it's called Somehow You Do, which was that was performed on the night by Reba McIntyre. So from the film Four Good Days, starring Glenn Close. So Diane is the most nominated person in Oscars history, never to have won. She's been nominated 13 times and has never won. So, and you know, she's no spring chicken anymore because she's been nominated 13 times. Right. So there she is. She's nominated. And the cameras are on on her and on the other nominees, and they announce the winner, which is Billie Eilish and 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 her brother, uh, for No Time to Die. And they go to a wide shot of Billie and her brother, and in the background is Diane Warren. Look up, just go and look. She is just unable to mask her feelings, just completely unable. It is she is absolutely shattered, and. I can only imagine what's going through her head. It's like 13 times I've been nominated for this thing and you're going to give it to these kids who have been like then 
I like, uh, you know, m- my first nomination, they weren't even born. They're first timers, these kids. It's, I don't know, I'm putting words in their mouth, but you just look at her face and you can put your own words. And she is just gobsmacked that, at the announcement. And it's, it's a bit sad actually to see. Uh, it's a bit tragic, but um, nonetheless, it's also like, oh my God. There's the leakage. There's not even leakage. There's not even any attempt to cover up what she's feeling. It's it's quite amazing. So check that out. All right, Dean. Well, let's wrap this up here. I think so. Give me one uh, one last thing that you really uh, liked about the, uh, the the show. I think just the pacing and the energy of it. Okay, so good point. You've allowed me to raise this. When when they announced that um, that they were moving a whole bunch of awards into the you know into the pre live section, and that um, and, and I was like, seriously. Like seriously, writing, you, you're going to put writing, you know, uh, that's not live. They don't get the live love for that. You've got to be kidding. There's an old, there's an old saying um, in sales, right? I used to, I, I went to this sales training course one time. Trust me, I'm getting there. And, and and the guy made the point: nothing happens until somebody sells something, right? So if you work for Acme Widgets, no matter what your job is in Acme Widgets, whether you're the managing director whether you work on the factory line, whether you're in warehouse, whether you're in accounting or whether you're the receptionist, Acme Widgets doesn't exist unless a sales guy goes out and sells that widget or a pallet load of widgets or a container load full of widgets and keeps doing it and keeps you in a job. So in the film business, it's kind of hard to make a film without a script. God knows they've tried and God knows those films have been released, Paul, right? I mean, that's how you make Hudson Hawk, for example. Okay. Well, we all know the stories about scripts being written on the side of the of the set. You know, they're furiously writing lines as they're filming, and you go, "This is not going to go well," and it rarely does. So, to you know, subjugate, um, you know, on, on the writing side to a, to a non live award, it's like nothing happens without a script. What are you guys doing? It's just insane. But anyway, overall, however, that said, uh, I thought the pacing of it was great. Um, you know, uh, they were in and out. And as you said, there was all the variation and the way that they broke things up with the memorial section. Someone clearly gave this a lot of thought and a lot of love about how they were going to do it. Never knew that that thing was going to happen um, uh, And towards the end. But yeah, I just, maybe it was because I haven't watched one for a while. I don't know, but I actually enjoyed the broadcast. So that was interesting for me that I enjoyed yeah. the process. I enjoyed seeing how the sausage was made. And I'll just say that my... Oddly, my favorite moment of the entire night was probably Kenneth Branagh winning. Uh, I just, I mean, I know I'd mentioned that earlier, but I've been such a fan of his for so long and that he finally can have the Academy Award winner label, I think to me was, that was my my favorite moment. And the fact that the Best Picture winner uh, wasn't my personal pick, but it was a film that uh, I hope it means that people will go see it. And that to yeah. me is the, that's the best. Well, I think you know it, it's 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 a feel good film, and as, as I said when we first reviewed it, I am the I am the furthest demographic from a feel good film like that. A little you know a, a, an endearing story with a with a heart and a message. That's not what I roll on normally, and yet it really grabbed me. And whatever heartstrings it was meant to tug, if it, they were being tugged, and it did, I didn't even care because it was just that well done and it just so when it got best picture i was thinking you know like the world's in a, in a shitter at the moment how much uh of that feel good vibe might be attractive to academy voters and it would be 
it's it's a great story and God knows we need one, that kind of thing. I don't know how much that played into voting um, uh, against the more heavyweight film, you know, Power of the Dog and so on. But I, I didn't care. And so to see it clean up is, yeah, feel-good story. Give me a feel-good story. God knows we can do with one at this point in time. So I'm all on board for that. All right, Dino. All right. Well, fun. thank you. Paul Francis Sullivan, thank you so much. Uh, flying uh, without the boss today, Paul and I in the co-pilot, uh, in the, the pilot and co-pilot seat. It was going to be Lisa sitting in the background throwing bombs when she felt like it, but she just ran out of give a shit, folks. You yep. know that she is an Oscar schmoskers all the way. She's Oscar the Grouch in the bin when it comes to the Oscars, let's face it. So uh, she's let us uh, out off the leash to do this one. So thank you for joining us. We hope you got something out of that. And for the moment, this is Killer Casting signing off. Killer Casting is a concept created by her, Lisa Zambetti. It is produced by me, Dean Laffin. Logo art by my beautiful wife, April Laffin. Audio editing by him, Sean at choicevoiceproductions.com. And our theme music, We Are Beautiful, comes from them. That would be Hollywood legends, Amphibious Zoo Music. Until next time, Killer Casting, out.